Good afternoon and welcome to the September 28th Vale Park and Recreation District Board meeting. All members are here. Um, Mike, is there any changes to the agenda this evening? No, sir. Um, next item is approval of the minutes. Any uh, changes or a motion to approve? Uh, I'll move to approve. I thought they looked accurate. Second. Have a motion to approve and a second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 I also am in favor. That passes. The next item on the agenda is public input. This is your opportunity to speak on an issue that is not on tonight's agenda. I please ask that you keep it to three minutes or less. Is there any public input? Good evening. I'm Rick Sackbauer, uh, Vail resident, BRD resident too. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went to the Vail Town Council meeting and I told them I would come to a BRD meeting and say as close as I could to the exact same thing. So I told the council that I applauded them for their goal of a thousand new units. And simple math, if there's two and a half persons per unit, that means that there's going to be 25 new Vail taxpayers trying to recreate in Vail, in the VRD. I told them that the VRD is fortunate to have the town of Vail as its landlord, but in my opinion, most if not all of the current VRD programs are at maximum capacity. The Vail Golf Club, the rugby field, the Ford Park athletic fields, the tennis center, the Booth Creek tennis courts, the Golden Peak pickleball courts, the Dobson Ice Arena, Imagination Station, gymnastics, Donovan Park and fields are all full. So I asked them to think about what's the plan to expand these facilities. And Will our guests be able to continue to subsidize the locals or will the locals be turned away? I asked them to step back and to think about community, not necessarily just employee housing. I asked them to put this on the agenda for rec subcommittee and I asked once rec subcommittee and the town come to some conclusion that they put it on the agenda for a night town council meeting. I urge you guys to get it on the rec subcommittee agenda and come up with something so that those of us that play tax, pay taxes continue to have the opportunity to recreate here in the Vail Recreation District. Thank you. Very good point, Rick. Thank you for being here. Is there any other public input? everyone uh, I'm Christine Santucci I'm running for town council and I just wanted to introduce myself and um, come to one of your meetings so that I made sure I was informed on all the things you've been working on um, my interview will be on high five media next week and John and I did the forum on Tuesday night that's now streamable from high five media so if anyone has any questions um, 
please go to my website, votesantucci.com, and I'd love to meet with you and talk further about any concerns, issues, questions you have about my background and experience. Uh, would love to get to know you all better. So thank you. Thank you for introducing Thanks yourself you. and sticking your neck out there. Thank you. Good job. Good luck. Thank you, Christine. Is there any other public input? Seeing none, I'll close that and go to new business and special orders. The um, first item we have, uh, Mike, is an open discussion, and I like to be at an open discussion, on uh, the purchasing of units at Timber Ridge Village. Um, you want to tee anything up? Yeah, I guess I'll give some background. Right. Uh, we've put in We've made a $25,000 um, deposit for five units. They are one, one three-bedroom, three two-bedrooms, and one studio. We wanted to be in a one-bedroom, but uh, those were all spoken for, so we switched to a studio. Um, that comes at a price tag of uh, $3.12 million. Um, so, uh, you know, Bob and I had a discussion, and you'll, you'll remember at the last meeting he asked me some questions. They're actually up on the board for you to see. Um, and then April and I, uh, once we attended the um, Special District Association Conference in Keystone, were able to meet with um, the Water and Sanitation District employees and go to their, their presentation on employee housing, which is also um, presented by our attorney, Allison Ulmer, with Collins' uh, office, out of Collins' office. And so we were able to ask a lot of questions, got a lot of thoughts running through our head, but I just wanted to have a kind of an open discussion, kind of a, just a chalk talk, if you will, instead of, you know, trying to make a recommendation or push anything, or I, I just want to get your thoughts. So. Uh, you know, if you want to move forward, I'm, I'm, hap I'm happy that Eric is here because I think, you know, with what's going on with Dobson for us, what's going on uh, with employee housing, the way we've structured uh, the last couple of years to create hybrid positions and use local people here that already live here instead of trying to recruit out of town, um, I think we need to talk about these things because I also have a fear in the back of my head about what's going to happen when Dobson is down and we're going to Eagle. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns there, and I think uh, we need to be really careful about how much money we spend. Eric tells us that, you know, we can do this employee housing, we can do this $3 million if everything goes right, but I'm not so sure everything is going to go right with Dobson and with what happens at, at Eagle. and. Um, you know, uh, there's just a lot of things up in the air that I'm, make me nervous. And I want, I, I don't want to make any decisions tonight unless, you know, unless we all come to a consensus about, unless, let me rephrase that, unless you all come to a consensus about this needs to happen. But I do want to just have an open discussion so that we, staff can start thinking about, you know, get the information you need to make a good decision. So, 
You know, when I looked at uh, some of the questions that were in our packet, I think Bob put most of those together. The one thing that pops out at me first, and I, I share some of the same concerns that you do, and I'll tell you from, from, you know, I'm looking at what our reserves are. And um, 3.12 million for these units as, as configured right now, and then potentially up to $3 million or more, um, they're going to be looking to us for ICE. And that's all an unknown. The 3.12 is an unknown given the 3.12 million is given an unknown given the escalating cost of construction. Um, I think you hit something, something that hit on something that concerns me is if we have to shift operations and take financial responsibility for things that are occurring down valley while Dobson Ice Arena is shut down during that period of time. I feel like we need some sort of contingency built into our reserves to cover those costs. So that being said, my the first question that I had, and I don't know if we have a grasp of it yet, was the third question in the packet, which are, what are we going to be able to charge in rent and what's reasonable to charge employees' rent? We don't want to, uh, unfortunately, some of these projects that are coming online, housing, are very expensive. And are we looking to subsidize rental rates? Is that going to be necessary? Um, or um, you know, what, what are we thinking in terms of rental rates for these units right now? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. I'm going to let you guys <laughs> talk no, about it. Let's kick it around. That's yep. what I want to do. And um, yeah, I came up with that list. And to your point, John, um, these prices um, that we've received are just preliminary prices for the units. I reached out to Mr. Chesbo today, and Raleigh said, you're going to see at least a 10% increase in materials in the coming building season. He said, so take that $868,000 unit and add 10% onto it, and that, he felt, was a minimum. It, it's really quite scary out there. Um, with our, what do we charge? Where, is, uh, where are the Piedmont apartments? Right by Home Depot. Oh, are those the new ones they just yeah. built? Okay, great. Those are the brand new ones. Because <clears throat> um, I, I requested from George Ruther and received a, uh, a market summary, which you all got in your packet. And um, I know that Piedmont Apartments were highlighted in the board packet today. <clears throat> um, and I think to myself, well, that's in, that's in Avon. Uh, wouldn't it be reasonable to think about Lions Ridge, which was just built, and this will be built right next door? There's some big rent numbers, and I, I wonder if our people can afford it. Our, my other, I have another concerns, but we have a real seasonal workforce, so we'd have no trouble maybe renting them out in the summertime, but what do we do with them in the wintertime? We rent them to lift operators and then take what's left in the spring. Um, who's going to oversee this? Um, a new department? Uh, I asked Scott to be here and maybe we can address that a little later, but um, he's in charge of facilities. Are we now going to have Scott looking after five units? Um, who's going to turn these over? Who's going to furnish them? Who's going to check them? What happens when somebody walks out? If we're charging 2000 a month, 
Is it to the unit? So you've got two employees and one employee leaves and that employee stuck with a $2,000 nut? Um, it, it's, a, it's a real concern. Um, the, the, rec, um, the Water and Sanitation District, I think you guys talked about, they have a real dilemma right now. They have a disciplinary action where they're going to remove the employee from the payroll and remove the employee from the employee housing. Mm -hmm. um, what do we do there? Um, the studio is 460 square feet, and a studio is a studio. The uh, two bedrooms are 950 square feet, and the three bedroom is 1,275 square feet with two baths. So if we think we're gonna move three employees in on that, who's gonna share the bath? Um, rock, paper, scissors, and, and you've got exclusive use of that bathroom. It's, it's a problem. Um, we talked about on-site parking. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look through our employees and say who would want to, and maybe we have some full-time employees right now that would be interested in paying Fifteen hundred, two thousand, three thousand a month. I, I, I don't, I don't think know we have what anybody that's willing to pay three thousand a month. That's the three bedroom. But that'd be three bedroom. That's that. a three bedroom. So but, what? What about with the bedrooms? Do we envision an uh, employee with their family being able to move in, or are we envisioning housing for employees without families? Or are we just discussing those items? We're just discussing. Okay. Um, yeah. To kind of back up, this came as an opportunity. We said, mm -hmm. we're putting down a refundable deposit. Let's yeah. put down the deposit and, and have the opportunity. But this is really where the discussions are starting and all these, we've had all these questions in our head. We don't have answers really to any of them. Mm -hmm. and. We still have time before we would have to make another deposit that is still refundable. So we have time, but it's great that we're no, starting to next talk week. about that. coming up on first. The next week is the next deposit. Yeah. And um, still refundable, though. Refund still refundable, but um, go ahead, uh, Jason. I, I still think we need to try to go forward with at least two of these. You know, we need to start accumulating some housing. It's just golf course and these other places there's just no housing for people we don't have staff we're st short staffed in every single department the restaurant it's constant turnover there we need solid you know and i know two's not going to do much but it's better than nothing and I, I, that was kind of eagle river water and sands point is they they've been at this 27 years i think now um and i think they have 60. I think it's 69 units yeah, they now. Got, they got 60 plus and And so, um, you know, they've had to hire two full-time staff to do it. But they encouraged everybody that was there to at least get started somehow. You know, work up some. You know, another thing they did was create stipends for all the employees. So all the employees are involved in the program. So that whatever way you do it, just get involved somehow because if you if you if you don't get involved somehow you know at, at some point it's going to hit you and then you know you're you're being a community partner 
also if you get involved somehow. Bob makes a good point. Most of our use is in the summertime. So can we partner with Vail Resorts or somebody else in the wintertime to house employees that they'll use? And then we're being a community partner. So different things to think about. But, um, you know, I think, I also think that we ought to talk tonight seriously hard about um, the money that we're going to need to have a, to have some contingency, to have what's going to, you know, what we anticipate is going to come down to Eagle. And maybe we have to, we have to trim somewhere the number of units that we get or what we're going to spend on capital or, but I don't think we should go into this thinking that everything's going to fall into line and we can spend all our money and just be ready to call it like that. Cause I think that's a dangerous. No. And as we were take. looking, we're looking at uh, $3 million of capital projects. We're looking at $3 million for Dobson. And now we're looking for $3 million in housing. And what's our budget? $9 million. We're, uh, it's, it's a little short someplace. Right now um, we have about half of that number. Yeah, the other thing I'd like us to, to consider in the future as we go down, as I looked, um, it's not available, but it is if you look hard enough, but uh, Vale Resorts uh, has the Tarns and has, um, what's the one in Dowd? Uh, Eagle Bend? Uh, oh, Kayak Crossing. Kayak Crossing, whatever it is. Yeah. And they obviously have those rented out solid in the wintertime but rent to different entities in the summertime. I would suggest that we make a connection there and say, are these some opportunities for people? Not walking away from all of these, but giving us some opportunity to, um, to participate in their vacancies on the, the off seasons here. Um, Scott, can you come up here for a second, please? I mean, I can agree on, on trimming it down because yeah. we don't know what the town, I mean, what are they going to want for, for Dobson? Are they going to want that $3 million? Is that still on the table? Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, yes. They, they would actually like more, <laughs> but want, uh, Kirk and I and Mike have kind of thrown it They want $6 million. Yeah, they want 6 We started at a million five, we went to three, then we went to six, and then Kirk and I and Mike kind of said, you know what, $3 million, or here's the keys. I told Greg Hall he can have the keys back. We, we just can't do it and still run it. Scott, as our facilities manager, what would be the impact of bringing on five units in your mind that we'd have to look after, maintain, change beds as turnover comes on? Have you given it some thought? I know you, you actually signed the contract to buy these or put a deposit on. And I know you've given it some thought and wondering where you're at. You know, I think ultimately we, we would want to evaluate the different options available to us as an organization to do that. One, would we be interested in internalizing that, perhaps creating a department similar to what Eagle River Water and Sanitation has done and try to manage it in-house? Two, would we be interested in trying to find some sort of a property management company that would obviously uh, be an additional expense to the district, but for the most part would handle many of the issues that you just brought up regarding turnover, maintenance, um, ensuring cleanliness. Um, I, I don't know um, if property management companies 
provide some of the services that you might need in terms of eviction. Um, there would be probably some expenses associated with that on, on our end to understand how to properly remove somebody from a, a unit that we no longer wanted there. Um, or potentially you might be able to find some sort of a hybrid where we employ a property management company to assist us with some of the, the nuts and bolts sort of things. Uh, and then we might assume some of the responsibility if, it, uh, if it's truly, we, we know that this particular person will be vacating a unit at the end of the year. Um, we then have two weeks to get in there, change carpets, uh, do paint, paint walls, check appliances. That I could, I could foresee you know, being something that uh, if, if given a proper amount of time uh, to be able to bring the resources to bear to do it in regards to lining up particular subs if need be at that point uh, would be something that wouldn't be as big of an impact. But I think to, to look at it in the lens where the Vail Recreation District would be internalizing all of the items in there given its current staff think would be incredibly taxing and there may be uh, an item or two that slipped through the cracks if we are truly responsible for all aspects of what it means to be uh, a landlord at that point. I, I do know that um, the Eagle River Water and Sanitation District did try some of those outsourcing opportunities um, and finally had to fall back uh, and do it all themselves. Yeah, they didn't think it was, when we talked to them, they didn't think it was effective. It, it didn't work well. It's interesting because I've, I've been around long enough. I started the Eagle River Water and Sanitation Housing up on Red Sandstone Road. We got that through. I don't know if you remember the John Glenn letter. Um, and then I was also instrumental in putting in a stipend, which is an option not saying we get rid of all of these, but for our full-time year-round employees, maybe a stipend, because when you take a million dollars out of this, you can pay a lot of stipends. The other thing I was wondering, Eric, uh, taxes, insurance, that's all above and beyond just our initial investment. So there would be no property taxes on it because we're a tax-exempt organization. Um, there would certainly be insurance that uh, our other yeah. our other districts that do this insure this through their we all have insurance through the pool mm -hmm. Colorado Special District pool and we've added those units uh, to that insurance policy so it keeps it a little bit more affordable than saying oh I have to go out and get a you know homeowners policy for every one of these mm -hmm. units and Eagle River Water and Sand does a stipend as a uh, as a bonus or as a benefit they don't add it into your salary where it gets Tax. essentially so, taxed no, away. No, but, uh, <clears throat> and I don't know what it's up to. When I started, when we started, uh, I it believe was it's $300 and, $450. Yeah, it was like 350 or something, and they probably moved it up as need and price escalations have. But that's certainly a con consideration. Um, we used it there at the Sand District. Uh, it seemed to help. What's the total workforce on Eagle Water and Sand? You know, roughly? Uh, Full time? Uh, my guess is it's 200 and something. Uh, I was going to say 250. They, they've, got a, they've got a lot. Of and they have 68 units? Yeah. 69, yep. And We're looking got, at. Is that have, counting the numbers that they've got their hand up for over here at Timber Ridge? I don't think so. I, I think they're. No. But I mean, it's. 
it's almost apples to oranges. We're the yeah. little guy, we're the right. little fish in the pond. They, right. they have a need for qualified people year round. Our life depends on that. If we couldn't open up the ball fields, we need, yeah, we I need think that's a big drink. difference. We mm -hmm. have 41 <clears throat> FTEs. Um, 41? 41. They're, they're, the reason why they really started the programming uh, program was that they had all their workers were living in Leadville and yeah. areas that when they had an emergency, yep. sometimes they couldn't get a hold of people. Mm -hmm. And Dow Junction was closed. And Dow Junction And the water's was closed, shooting right? out of the... That's so why we did so. We don't have that problem. Um, but, you know, you look at Sonny's position at gymnastics. I mean, we were looking for a coach for three years mm -hmm. before we found Sonny. And would the availability of housing helped us with recruiting Sonny? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had several people that wanted to take the job, and once they saw the cost of living and the housing situation there, they declined. And that, that begs the question, what do we rent it for? What's our... What's our rental rate, and could Sunny afford our rental rate? Or are we going to subsidize it all the way down and beg Eric to find us money? One of the hard parts is that I think in terms of being the landlord of these, if it's to a year-round employee who's here, that's not as bad. When we, if we're saying, oh, we want to bring in golf interns for the summer, three people who we're not familiar with, Let's put them all living together and hope they don't trash the unit and ho hope everything gets along. We're going to lose our minds pretty darn quickly. So part of this we have to decide is, you know, who, who do we think this would be for? And it's kind of hard when you don't have employee housing units. Yeah, your employees that have housing. The next one that comes in would probably be, take this in a heartbeat and go, yes. I don't know if I'm going to need it for six months or a year or what it is, but compared to the, the struggle of trying to get my feet on the ground um, into this position, be huge for us to have something like this that was my point when i said let's try if we can get these units in three or four separate buildings so that we don't have the vrd party house yep. with all our units in one building not that they party or anything but. well won't that uh, building have like a super superintendent um, i was no. told no. well that's actually not true i was told by triumph that they would have um, On-site management? Management, yeah. yeah. Which is different than, a, than an in-apartment superintendent. I, I've lived in every employee housing unit in my tenure here from one end of the valley to the other, and we've never had an in-house property manager at any of them. At Timber Ridge was the closest that they've got their own building. When you pull into Timber Ridge yeah. on the right there, that's where our laundry and our you know, other that—that's where the person was if you needed to talk to them, but there wasn't. There's no. There's no RA on the floor. You know. To <laughs> well, Scott, so tell me. You know, in an emergency situation it, with Triumph, and they have a property manager on site. Do they envision that if there is an on-site emergency that needs to be addressed immediately, all of the a lot of these units are being bought by government or quasi-governmental organizations such as the VRD, but they're also being bought by businesses, restaurants in town, retailers, other industries. Do they envision, like, so an emergency happens, do the tenant call their landlord or do the, does the tenant call the property management company? Who sends out the 
the plumber when the pipe bursts, or uh, do we even know? I couldn't answer that question for you right now. I don't know the answer to that either, but... but if, uh, I'm the, if I'm the tenant, I'm calling everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that, but, but a lot I of know these... We, you know, if we need somebody on call to respond <clears throat> to tenants' needs in the case of emergencies, whether it's normal That's why I think you either have to pay Timber Ridge to manage it, or you have to get your own property management. I don't think you... I, I just don't see any way how we could right now do that without having a dedicated person to do And I don't think expense-wise we can justify having a dedicated property manager or RA for two or three units. Oh, absolutely. It's, we could put them under Scott's jurisdiction. He's got plenty of other things that they could probably keep busy with, but uh, we can't hire just somebody for PA. And John, a lot of the uh, units have been uh, deposited by businesses. Yeah, I just didn't know how they were planning on handling it because you you're going to have buildings yeah. with businesses that own a bunch of different units. So who's responsible when things go wrong? Is it the, are the individual businesses or their property management company or whoever's in that office? We generally think it would go as inside the unit. If it's inside the unit, it's VRD's problem. If it's outside the unit, then it's going to be... The building's problem would be the way you would end. So we we it. need to have a plan for management in those circumstances. Absolutely. Okay. What if we went down to uh, two of the two bedroom units? So instead of spending three point two, we're down to one point three. Given given the cash demands, given everything we've just talked about now, we're still in the game, but we're not at three point two. What do you think of that? I think that's a good way to look at it and to move and couple that with a reach out to Vail Resorts to try and utilize their properties that are available for summer rental. They've got a lot of them. And I don't know how we get our foot in the door, but... I would certainly want to verify that because we, I tried to get Did units you? and there was nothing available. Okay. So, but uh, I, I'm not saying that we, we dug really deep, um, but it's my understanding that even summertime, they're 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 filling them up. Excellent. Excellent. I'm not surprised. Um, and when you're out canvassing for units, how many are you looking for? As many as possible. Um, I was looking specifically for my executive chef at the time. Okay. So you're looking for one. Yeah. There was potential that we were going to lose him. Yeah, you know, I think the studio unit also represents some value for um, the VRD. Um, and, and certainly, the, at least, I would think, two of the two-bedroom units. Um, I'm concerned about the three-bedroom unit and being able to rent that one out and the cost of it. And if we're going to reduce costs, that seems to be one that's easily, that we could easily eliminate at this time. I mean, I, I assume that we can back off the number of units if we reach some sort of consensus and yeah, your, provide. Your deposit is 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 one hundred percent refundable. Yeah. So a two bedroom unit goes for six fifty five. Put these on. The studio is three seventy five. So six fifty five and eight sixty eight. There you go. One point four. Almost cut the number in half. Cut the number in half. I mean, it'd be nice, you know, a three-bedroom unit instead of it 
you know, we're concerned about seasonal employees and people we don't really know, but we also, I think, have employees that we know very well um, that we would want to be able to provide housing, housing opportunities to. A three-bedroom unit seems like if we run the numbers, it also might be a lot more expensive to rent, especially for if maybe a family with a couple of children on, by, you know, for those, that employee and their spouse or whomever. Um, Two-bedroom units, maybe some employees. We have situations with long-term employees or, who are year-round employees who are willing to live together. Um, or maybe you have a VRD employee family um, and their family, you know, with a kid or, or two that would fill those units. It would be better, I think, to know that we could put sign people up for 12 month leases <clears throat> and we weren't just putting seasonal employees in those although i do think that we would maybe be able to find other entities that would need people in the winter it would just make administration more difficult a year lease is a lot easier to manage the psychology of living in a year long lease is better too i mean people that are here for the season don't often um, take the best care of their units having come from the Vail Resorts HR world and seeing what those units can look like yeah that's right you've got a lot of experience there what was the number you said two that's what I had recommended do the, do two the studio the, on the two two bedrooms well I had said two of the two bedrooms and John said he likes the idea of a, one studio so that's a $1.7 million investment versus 3.2. Add 10% onto that. That's another buck seventy on mm -hmm. top of that minimum. Because I, I can't see him. No, I had a real good conversation with Raleigh today. And he, oh, he, I know about construction. <laughs> and you're in construction too, but it's like day. every day. So highlighted preliminary prices. What's our decision timeline on this? I know we're just generally discussing right now, but when do we have to make well, some Well, when the decisions? project is approved, but we do need to give another 10,000 per unit by uh, before or by October 2nd. Which is next week. Eric, what do you think? <clears throat> I'm generally in line with what you guys are saying. I, I, I've always tried to figure out how we would make the three bedroom work. That, I mean, that sounds great for golf interns. At, at best, I'm right, trying to figure right. how that would ever really work in an employee housing situation. I mean, most of the time, not always, but when I look at our staff, I don't know that we'd have a whole lot of families saying, oh, I want, I want to do this. Um, you certainly know better, but it does. It, just me, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. So I, number one, I, I would say yes, I agree with getting rid of the three-bedroom. I really wish we could have gotten the one-bedroom versus the um, studio. If it was one bedroom, I would say absolutely keep that one. That's probably the one that we need the most. And I think it shows that's what sold out the fastest. Um, so having the studio is nice, but that, I, I would think for the most part that's going to be a fairly temporary type living situation, which may be perfect for what we want. Hey, we want to get you here. We have housing for you for one year. You get your feet on the ground and you can you know, either move up to one of the other units that we have or you can you know, find a unit on your own. So I... For the cost, it seems like it would be nice to have. 
Um, uh, I, I'm generally in line with you guys, um, probably two, <clears throat> two of the other units, and I think that it comes down, do we want to keep this uh, studio unit as well um, or not? Scott, you ever live in a studio? Yes. <laughs> I know you've lived everywhere. You had a teepee once, I think, in Westvale. <laughs> no, my wife and I lived in the Sunbird Lodge in the uh, winter of 1998, and they only offered six-month residency in the Sunbird because they closed it down in the summertime, and so we would move over to Timber Ridge in the summer, and then we moved back to the Sunbird because there, there was no better place to live than <laughs> If you had to be uh, up at, uh, on the, you know, leaving at 6.30 a.m., hop on your snowmobile, head up the mountain, to walk out your door and hop on your sled, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> and you guys are still together. We are. This worked out really well. <laughs> but I would like to make some adjustments in what we're paying for or going to get or keeping on our wish list so that other entities have an opportunity to, to jump in and say, I'll take that two bedroom. I've got a room for that three bedroom. I mean, why drag our feet? Let's make some type of a decision that we can live with and, and move on down the road. That way we've got something and we've not um, led the town astray or triumph development that we're, oh, we're gonna take five and then in two months from now, we say, well, you know, here's your three-bedroom back. I would rather do it now and be up front. That's fine. I'd rather do it now because I'm worried about Dobson, not necessarily employee housing. I, I am worried about employee housing, but um, Dobson, well, to me, scares me. Yeah, Dobson is scary. Um, if we, if we uh, rescind our... Um, space for the three units can we can we just tell them to keep that <laughs> that deposit money is there didn't we we'll already get it it's a refund check it's a refundable two yeah. checks whatever it is yeah i mean i i don't, I don't know what everybody thinks about the number of units again i'm like my overarching concern is what's been expressed by mike is what's coming down the hill with dobson what we have in capital reserves now um and um what we may need to spend when Dobson is down. We worked hard for a mill levy, very hard. We got it. We've almost got a brand new golf course, you know, with a nice new clubhouse. We're working on Dobson. Our fields are in great shape. We've got a new community programming space. We have essentially, not, it's not new, but we have yeah. a nice gymnastic yeah, center. You know, we have, yeah. we're working on partnerships with Eagle Vale so that we can bring, you know, uh, more, put more heads and beds, you know, on the fields because we maintain the Eagle Vale fields. That's something I don't think council knows that, that we do that. Um, and uh, it, it, it helps us to expand our programming too, but um, if something goes wrong, we're, we're gonna be in trouble. And we, we need to set some money aside. When you say Eagleville, Mike, uh, in your director's report, you're understanding that the soccer field is probably going away. Uh, therefore, we would not have to uh, maintain that? 
but we wouldn't maintain it, but we still maintain the, the field at Home State Peak School and the baseball field. Okay. Because they're talking about baseball field going all grass or artificial turf. So they haven't, they haven't decided on that. You know, there's a lot of things going. I think Kirk knows this. I mean, Eagleville has a, a plan to expand their pond. And um, so they're going to put a lot, all that material onto the one of the fields. And I think it's going to be the baseball field. So that'll take that out of commission. But you also have the hockey club wants a facility bad themselves. And they've interested some people in Eagleville of building a facility. How they're going to operate it, I have no idea. But we need to be aware. So based on the discussion, I'm going to go ahead and make a motion uh, regarding the purchase of units at Timber Ridge Village neighborhood apartments that we reduce our uh, commitment um, to the purchase of these units down to one uh, studio unit and two two-bedroom units. I would second that. Discussion, please. Uh, before we vote on the motion, I was wondering, you know, in the event that we do do this uh, reduction, would it be possible the next time we met to have just some ballpark numbers in terms of how we make this work financially for the rent district and our employees in this unit and what we believe we may charge in rents to live there? Um, and then possibly reach out to see what our options are in terms of administration of the units. If there are property management companies that are willing to work with us um, in, a, in a reasonable way, because I think that those are the two largest issues in terms of expenses potentially with the units. Do you think we really need to look to have a property manager take care of that? I do. I do, absolutely. Especially if we're going down in the number of units, yes. We really need to. What I'll tell you, and I don't have a ton of experience in this, but the clients I have seen, they're charging enough in rent to cover HOA dues, insurance, those types of things. They're not doing anything to try to recoup their investment, right? So that's kind of you know money put in. We're capping how much it goes up. But if, if you were a land, if, you know, if you were trying to rent this out, you'd be trying to cover your mortgage and all those things. Basically, we obviously don't have a mortgage, but that's what it is. It's discounted from from fair market rates. But it's not here that it's something that we're going to, to make money on. And so what I'm getting at is I don't think it'll have, once we put the money in, I don't think it'll have a big financial impact on VRD because the rents will cover the... the so we're, our rent is going to be looking at covering operational costs. Yes. And the money we put in is an investment in the future of employees at the VRD. Yep. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I do also think... There's going to be organizations that aren't going through and thinking about this fully. And I wouldn't doubt in the next few years as some of these units come back onto the market and are trading over. So I don't think this is necessarily, we only get one shot and we've lost it forever. I do think these units will turn over from time to time as well. And their price capped appreciated. Exactly. So, so we, know, we the, know exactly cost, how much we're uh, potentially much? losing in that. It's, I think, 3% per year. and. I can live with losing 3% per year to not take the risk and having a risk of trying to get in later to get more units. The other thing you, you said, Bob, which makes a lot of sense, is, you know, we're really seasonal intensive. 
And I think, you know, I've been here 30 years and the sports department has grown by one, so has community programming. So I don't see these, pro these um, departments growing by a huge number. And I think we ought to keep doing what we're doing with the hybrids and getting people that already live here instead of trying to recruit people from the outside. Every time I, we have a job where we recruit somebody or we, you know, they apply for a job and they look interesting, I do my best to almost talk them out of the job. Make sure that they understand if you move here, it is not going to be easy. And don't think you're just going to have your skis on all the time and having fun because it's hard to live here. So I, you know, you wanted to recruit a director um, and he has three kids. You could go find a place for him to rent for a year rather than buying a place right now thinking that's going to happen. And I just, I think we're making a smart decision today. Molly, any additional thoughts? I've just kind of been thinking, wondering if there's been any talk with the employees that might be interested and in kind of giving them ranges of rates. Is this something that you would be interested in, in living in, something you could afford? Do you have insecurity with your housing right now? Is your lease or your landlord potentially going to take that property away? Um, I don't know, just to kind of get a baseline just to know what these employees are really interested in, what kind of living situation would be attractive to them, and what would work. We're looking at five bedrooms right now, right? If under Two, Kirk, four, five, yes. Under Kirk's motion, so it's five, five potentially five employees. All right. I'm sorry for all that interruption. Kirk had a motion. We have no, second. no. <laughs> well, I asked for discussion because the motion's been made. I want to make sure we've. We've given this thought. If there's nothing else, all those in favor of Kirk's motion, say aye. 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 I also am in favor. Those opposed, we don't have anybody left. Um, let's, let's move forward on that and uh, get some deposit back and put those on the market so other people can uh, appreciate their opportunities. And then with the three that we have left, we put a deposit, we put an additional amount down next week. So we're looking at $30,000. $30,000 next week. And then we have until, I'm not saying I want to back out anymore. I'm just trying to get some uh, education here. Well, they won't be able to sign. They won't be able to sign final purchase sale agreements until they know the final numbers for the project, correct? Correct. Right. So even though approvals are, are moving forward quickly through boards and commissions and headed to town council, we still we still aren't going to find know a final number for a while. Right. Okay. So we have to series two deposits. We're not looking at putting up almost two million dollars within a couple of months. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's gone through. Has it gone through the PEC, John? Uh, it's not not finally. It's okay. It's progressing through PEC. We might have one more discussion in regard to the development, and then 
we're going to be asked to vote to approve and move on so they can go to council because they're, they're eager to break ground. Go to council before DRB or after? Uh, no, DRB is DRB's already looped into the process. They've okay. already been before DRB um, at least once, and they've been before us twice. We have our final meeting, I think, on October 9th. Next item on the agenda. Um, thank you for that. Uh, Thanks, Scott. Discussion. Um, Dobson Ice Arena update. Uh, since our last meeting, we, you know, the town has um, has contracted with Populous to um, to go to schematic design on Dobson. There's been a lot of good work. I do want to. Um, I want to give a shout out to Chris Knight in coming. Chris Knight has been awesome. Um, we had a meeting today. Um, it's mostly uh, Scott and Jared, but he spent two and a half hours going through what uh, Populous has designed to date, or put out there, and and um, drew up a whole list of where things should go, how they would operate for us office space, concessions, elevators, stairs, exits, entries, um, the whole thing. So, and they did all three floors. So we'll have lots of feedback back for populace. Um, and, uh, but I, you know, I can, I guess I can share with you that the concourse, they're proposing the concourse goes all the way around the arena, which is nice. You'll have stands on the south side. You also have a mezzanine level so that'll be above uh, the stands on the south side. Uh, that's a really nice feature. So a hockey event can seat 1,500 people, which is an increase, um, not from standing, but people that can actually sit down, take a seat, and then your, your event uh, really hasn't changed to, from 3,000 people. So, um, you know, there, or, Scott and Jared worked hard on a programming document. Chris Knight has been great in making sure that Populous is looking at that programming document and saying, we told you we needed this amount of space, make sure we have that amount of space. We did a walkthrough with Populous and Chris Knight. Uh, was that yesterday, Scott? Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. <laughs> wow. It's been, it's been a lot of time. Um, that was yesterday, and so they got to see everything, and all their people now have visited the, the site. Um, Scott, Jared, and I met this morning, talked at good length about what kind of ice system we want, so we're looking at CO2 or ammonia, so we're making a decision on that. We've asked um, Populous and the group to help us with that, use their expertise to help us make a decision. So lots of things. It's very exciting. The drawings that we've seen are pretty, pretty awesome. Um, but you know, it's it's just in design yet. Nothing's been run through council. So, um, and do we see a, a rec subcommittee meeting anytime in the near future? Yeah, I would think where we're we said we'd have one every month, I believe. Isn't that right, Kirk? Mm -hmm. So we should be having one here um, pretty soon. Yeah, the one got canceled. Um, that's all right. Kirk and I are available. We hope. Yeah, one of us will be there. How about office space? <clears throat> We've talked about that. So right now, you know, again, it's, 
when you talk about these spaces, it's really, they're, they're in what they call a, a, a fit size, a try, try to fit. So they're trying to put everything in there. And um, so we, we asked them, you know, they gave us a break room and they gave us some locker rooms at different sizes. And we're trying to, the exercise we did today was try to pare down the size of some of those. They're nice and ample. They exceed what we have today. But we need more storage space. So what we were looking at is how could we shrink some of those spaces and gain some more storage space, which we desperately need, you know, to put all our staging and all our floor and just all the stuff that we have. We don't have enough space. Since we're confined to the same space in the new building, um, you know, we already don't have enough space. So unless we're growing, how are we going to fit all those things in? So. You know, especially when they're putting in way, way more lavatories. So we have to, we're going to have to fight for these things. And it's, it's good to have Chris Knight on our side. Are they including the west uh, drop-off entrance as part of the main, mm -hmm. main course? Okay. Yep. What about the, uh, the aesthetic wood look on the, at the inside of those? They have two options. One, one is basically... Um, a steel truss with some wood accent, and yeah. the other one is pretty much steel truss with lots of wood. It would, I wouldn't say it looks similar to today, but they're trying to create that feel. Anything else for Mike? Anything else for Mike as it relates to Dobson Ice Arena? The only thing I would ask you guys to do is please stay on. Uh, any new prospective council members or uh, anybody else about Eagle when Dobson goes down. We, we cannot drop the ball on hockey and figure skating. Um, we've, we've, we've got to do a good job. We can't drop the ball. I would think that would be needed in place before that goes down. I agree, I but mean, I mean, that's... I'm going to be honest. That's not the feeling I get right now. What What about the construction timetable? I mean, are we still confident that 18 months is the uh, outside? Or no, I would say the the uh, that's a to me that's a best case. I would say you're looking at 24 months. So two winners. Two winners. So that temporary ice cost is is that a VRD cost at this point? <laughs> No, it's supposed to be a town cost and we're supposed to operate, right? Yeah. So, but that worries me. But the town has made it clear we are making a financial contribution to someone and then we are done. So it, it's a big question mark of, okay, well, who's actually, even if we figure out who's going to pay for it, who's going to do all this, right? right. Who's going who's right. to handle figuring this ice out, getting it in here, getting all the costs, all those things. Right now, I think it's being put to us, but the, the town is being very clear. We're making financial contribution and we are done. And we're fortunate that we've got a lot of great in-house experience, so somehow we'll we'll make it work. But uh, it's uh, it's scary when you think about no Dobson for two years. Well, no Dobson, but it, it's not like we subsidize it today. What do you think we're going to do when we go down to Eagle? The only reason we only subsidize it by what we do is because of events. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have no events. And just the number is going to be staggering when we see it. Yeah, the payroll stays about the same, but the revenues are going to revenue drop stream. sharply. 
and the county wants rent. You know, they're, they're, they're not doing it for free. Yeah, if we go down the county, we go that far. Mm -hmm. What so. would be a uh, preliminary number that we'd be looking at to, for rent, for the ice, for the bubble that needs to be there? Have we uh, come up with like a round number on that? We have, but I, I don't want to give that to you. I think it's, it's, it's just a, it's a shot like, in the dark. Here's and what I, it is. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. I'm with Mike. I, I, we can spend some time, Jason, figuring it out okay. and try to give a, give a, you know, it'll still be a wag for you, but at least you'll have a wag. Something. Perfect. Um, let's go on to the Ford Park Master Plan Letter of Support. Yes. So you guys all got a copy of the draft. I sent that to you. Um, it's, a, it's an impressive document. And I do want to take the time to say that I'm very happy that we're involved in this. And I want to give a thanks to, to Greg Berry, but mostly to Todd Oppenheimer, because he's the one that really started this whole project. And his, he's involved us from the get-go. He's asked our feedback, as he has all the groups in Ford Park. He's done a great job of involving us and asking us what we think and how we can solve these problems. And, you know, um, I wouldn't, there's not acrimony, I don't want to say that, but everybody is very protective of their territory, right? And Alpine Gardens wants their stuff to be nice, as, as do we. And so we're very, um, we get very um, territorial, um, especially when it comes to special events in the park and how they impact the different facilities. Um, so, um, there are goals for the master plan. Uh, if you look on the screen, Nell's got them on the screen. They start, if you have the document, they state, start on page 102 of the document. I'm not going to read through all this stuff. I just want you to, um, especially the operations plan, but I will read the, the goals to you and then, you know, just so you know what, what we're being asked to do. But the master plan goals, there are five of them. And the first one is uh, to provide open space facilities and programs within Ford Park to meet the passive and active recreational, educational, social, and cultural needs of residents and guests of Vail. You know, this park is so small when you really think about it. It's not small for our residents, but the number of people we attract here in the summertime, it's small. You can go down in Ford Park any day in July and August, and it is packed. Um, tons of people everywhere. Um, so even though you might not see somebody down on the field, uh, you know, playing on the fields, uh, I can tell you that the lower bench is packed every day. Um, the second goal, is to ensure uh, that any new use or building within the park does not adversely affect the character and quality of the, of the park or the overall experience of park users. Again, what I just said to you, the park is already jam-packed all day long in the summertime. So to put another facility or building in there that doesn't you know, enhance what's already there um, I think is a poor decision. We have parking problems there. Um, we have lots of problems. We have traffic problems, people driving in the park. Uh, I think that's one of the goals is to get vehicles out of there. I'm a big proponent of that. 
I think we're gonna, if we're not careful, kids don't watch for cars when they're chasing balls and running from their friends. And the longer we let people drive there, especially people that don't live in this community, we're just asking for an accident to happen. Where at? Anywhere on Betty Ford Way. Especially the lower bench. What about um, the town's uh, proposal and the master plan to have an automated bus rumbling through the park 24 hours a day? That's traffic on the lower bench as well, and I think. Yeah, that I don't. Might be I'm a not concern. in favor of an automated. It's just my feeling. Detracts from having my been in Ford Parks. I've been in Ford Parks since 1993. The foundation does a really good job with transporting their guests down there. Why can't we buy a bunch of movers like we have on our wedding island at the golf course, employ a bunch of high school kids who could make some really good money and have shuttles just running all day long down to the park? I mean, it's not rocket science. I just don't get it. But you need a place to, to plug those vehicles in. So, But it's, it's not hard. And, and you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know the automated system. I mean, you watch the interaction that happens at, at the during the Bravo events. It's it's a good interaction. It's, yeah, it's, it's good. But a DIA people mover might be of interest. And while we're on, I, I digress only because we brought up uh, Ford Park traffic reduction recommendations. All I see is here: speed limit five miles an hour. 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 If you govern those vehicles down to There's five miles an hour. There's nobody that drives they, five miles an hour. Well, they wouldn't be able to pull a hill to get back out. Our golf carts are governed just under 15 miles an hour, and so are those people movers. They're right around 15. They probably got some that do 20, but you, you put six, eight, ten people in a thing, and you've got a governor that only do five miles an hour. These guys are... I have a lot of thoughts about this because we're the... <laughs> we're who they engage first. Where are the Iopon Gardens? Can we use your bathroom? How do I get my mother down there? There's no way she can get down there. Okay, she can get down there. How do she I get her out? Up. So we get all those questions. And yeah. we, we try to be very nice. And if we have one of our turf vehicles sitting around, we'll, I've taken people down there myself. But we can't keep doing that. The town really needs to figure this out because it's 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 not a good guest experience it's really not and most of the people that come here are you know they're older people and they cannot get up and down that hill so to me this is a that is a no-brainer but let's move on the third goal is uh, protect the riparian landscape of the Gore Creek corridor so that doesn't need any explanation. Um, provide a safe, enjoyable, accessible, legible, and intuitive pedestrian circulation system within Ford Park and between Ford Park and Vale Village. Um, that to me would include shuttles. And then continue to strengthen relationships in all venues and all uses within Ford Park. Sometimes I think, um, you know, we, we could do a better job of letting each other know what's coming up and what's happening. Um, you know, we've gone through a lot of iterations. The Alpine Gardens used to have a ton of weddings on the lawn down next to the amphitheater, and they, you know, 
frankly, the, the uh, tents ruin that, that area, and so they don't allow that anymore. But we could do a better job on, you know, with the lacrosse tournament and everybody that's involved of, you know, protect our park and be respectful. And we, we need more bathrooms in the park. That's a, that's a big thing. Um, because the park is, again, the park is, is, it's a beautiful place, but it's heavily used. It gets a lot, it gets a lot of love. And we need to be, uh, we need to be respectful of that. So that's the first part, the goals. And uh, is there any discussion on those goals that you think they're, they're wrong or anything you want to talk about? I don't there? think the goals, the goals are lofty and, and they're appropriate, I think. But as I get into some of the action items or recommendations, um, when I see down here, uh, the oversight committee support the recommendation to move administrative offices out of Ford Park. So where, you, where are we going to go? Gonna yeah. Go? And when they talk about um, the definition of office includes uh, space for a desk, file cabinet, computer, um, restrooms, copy, or storage area. Operational positions such as manager, volunteer coordinator, programming manager uh, would be appropriate for the park, but administrative management uh, such as directors, HR, finance, marketing be moved off outside of the park? Now, can you bring up that? Go to page one. There's a, there's a document in there. The proposed language. No, uh, it's, it's outside the Ford Park master plan. It's, it's another attachment. Yes. Uh, yep, keep going. Right, uh, that's it right there. Right there. Can you're you talking about the up? one dated 9-14-23? Yes. That's so, where I'm at, too. So you saw, you see the first, you know, you see the draft of it. But um, I was able to talk to all the staff. And really what this is is future-proofing the park from administrative offices. They're not looking to, to kick us out right now. Like you said, we have nowhere to go. And that's exactly what I said. We, we can't go anywhere. Um, these are, this is your property. So if you're gonna kick us out, you gotta have a place for us to go. So um, they assured me of that. That's what this language says, that you know, it's, it's really about the future. So they, and I, and I agree with it, to tell you the truth. Uh, I, I think too many buildings uh, in Ford Park is just gonna ruin the character of the park. Agreed. Um, but then when you hear people say, well, we'll get you into the Civic Center. Well, then well, get us I'll, in the I'll Civic Center. I'll be gone center. by the time the Civic Center gets here. <laughs> okay. Well, so that's where we are, I think. I'm comfortable with that. I've spoken with John. You know, John's on PEC, and we've had a talk, and I'm comfortable that um, we can be there as, until they find us a new place to go. Jason, you had something you referenced, page 156? Yeah, it says uh, consider additional which, office which item? space at 140. 140, okay. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty much contradicting themselves in the, the summary as opposed to that 140 right, right. there. Again, because it says add additional for Betty Ford Alpine Garden to the existing staff that's already located there. So I can tell you sequentially 
the draft plan that we're, we're looking at right now came out before this language that's included in our packet. The language that's included in our packet, the 9-14-2023 language, was proposed as a direct result of commissioners raising concerns during the PEC meeting when this was presented this what we're looking at on the screen about additional office space in the park there was a lot of opposition to increasing office space for anybody hence what we're looking at the the document in our packet today the 9-14-23 so I anticipate some of this language in the draft that was initially circulated to be removed and this language to go in okay yeah I don't think we need any more office space there I think some no, of those buildings could be redone, like our center, have an ADA bathroom there. We just need to go. be, I, I think from a, a VRD perspective, need to be comfortable that this language is not going to be used at any point to force the VRD out of the park when the VRD has no other place to go. And that's yeah. why I was asking about the option, because if they want to pull out of there and then we're not considering putting offices, it's like, where are people going to go? There's no real estate's quite expensive around here. To I think st town staff is right now looking at us for at, in a place in the civic area. Okay. Along with their offices. And the last sentence says that this plan does not recommend immediate removal of these positions. Instead, suggested that should be a prior goal. Some of the other things I saw in there. Um, and I go, I go back to my roots there, the maintenance. Uh, all of a sudden, VRD is going to be in charge of all turf for the entire park, and Betty Ford will be in charge of the flowers. Will that take care of our flowers up by your office? <laughs> I mean, if we're going to cut their grass, I want them to take care of our flowers. Yeah, I and think... where are we going to get the people to take care of that additional? So we've made that very clear, too. I think that's why it says in a fiscally responsible way. Okay. I think it's a good idea. It will lessen traffic in the park. It'll, you know, if you have uh, um, efficiencies that you can, the entities can work together, I think you should do that. Right now, they're talking about us, that we maintain all the, the grass portions of the, the turf portions of the park. Um, I did in very uncertain terms tell them that that comes at a cost we we, we can't subsidize that uh, just to take that on yeah Justin almost needs a, an additional person well and he needs equipment um, one of his things was you know if I'm gonna be doing that then I'd like to have a big gang mower so that I can instead of my little um, turf decks I can have a big gang mower and I can get this stuff done quickly so there's lots of things that go along with that also, we talked about expanding the maintenance on the west side um, for both Alpine Gardens and the VRD so that we could have more equipment because right now the ceilings are so low we can't even get a tractor in there. So our tractor in the wintertime lives over at Golf, golf Maintenance. So there's lots of things to come. I don't think any of these are immediate. I really don't, but you know, it's a 10-year plan. So looking ahead. Any other thoughts? Anything else for Mike? No, I mean, I, I'm in favor of, of the letter that's being proposed, certainly, in terms of, of all, you know, a letter of support if, if staff thinks that's necessary. Um, the only thing that I would add is 
just to tighten it up that the support, the, the one phrase, support the recommendation to move administrators out of the park when, well, I don't know if you use the word when or if the town of Vail has provided the VRD with an alternative location. And I, I know that they know it, I think it just makes me feel better. I agree. I agree, and, and um, I think that lets other people know. You know, again, I, I know that not all of my commissioners on the PEC necessarily understands VRD's operations and the importance of the administrative offices that we have, and that we find a new location um, that's acceptable. Um, I, and so, you know, anything that can push that message down the line to both the PEC and uh, to town council, including me, uh, is gonna be helpful. Well, just so you have some history, Kirk will remember this, but we used to be, well, Bob will too, yeah. we used to be underneath the library. So um, the town uh, was, I think at the time, I wasn't the director, but I think they were pretty happy that we moved out to the tennis center, because remember, right after that, they put employee housing we back. put australian bus drivers there <laughs> the library was never the same yeah so <laughs> you know that that building and those those agreements have had a lot of different iterations so um i i think i feel very comfortable that we're okay okay and happy to write in the language i will i do want to ask your permission i want to be at that meeting because i am adamant about the traffic I am tired, you know, April and Scott's office overlooked Betty Ford Way right there, and people just motor down that thing. Yeah. And uh, they have no idea. And some kid is going to run out one day, and we're going to get somebody squashed, and then we're going to say, oh, I wish we would have done something. What is it, mostly deliveries? It's deliveries, but I believe that can be managed just like the village is managed. What drives me nuts is people going down to the Alpine Gardens that are from out of town that have no clue and they're just I mean you see Texas Oklahoma Maryland we need all to. these plates going down there they have no business going down well there. we don't have a gate to stop and they're coming in through the east entrance is that correct. correct yep yeah so that's the entrance that really just needs to be closed off there needs to and then we need to come up with a better plan for that um, I, I think that it's important you know, from a from a PEC perspective, and I know I'm not in PEC today, but I I said it at our meeting. I think it's important that the that the board hears all the concern, operational concerns from all the stakeholders, and the town has done a good job at presenting mm -hmm. some of those to us, and they're in the draft plan. But I think it's always a value for any stakeholder to show up at a meeting, especially when we're approving a final master plan, and that's going to be on October 9th. So okay. I'm I'm in support of you coming to that meeting, and I'm, you know, I, I don't know that anybody else is going to voice objection. So okay, I would hope that you could. What be date was that, John? October 9th, I think, is what we're looking at for. Um, they're going to be looking for a vote on the master plan at that meeting. And they'll release the Thursday before, they'll release with the PEC packet the updated okay. master plan document, which will have revised language from what yeah. you're looking at today. 
I mean, yeah, so if you're be. interested, that's what I would be looking at the Thursday before. This is like a very micro look at the um, Alpine Garden issue with traffic, but if you look at the map, like, like Apple Maps, it takes you, if you're driving, it takes you right down to the tennis center. <laughs> so I don't know if that's something that we can petition to get removed so that people don't think that they can just drive down there. Well, we need to have a gate. And it, yeah. And, yeah. You know, it, it's funny how you can do it in the village, but you can't do it at Ford Park. Give me a break. You get your delivery in there between, you know, 4.30 and 7 in the morning, or you don't get in. But Molly's exactly right. They plug in the Alpine Gardens and it drives them right down there, just like people are driving to Sweet Basil or the Red Lion, and that's why the town wanted to put up bollards at a, a tremendous expense, which I didn't think was necessary, but um, so far we don't have bollards. Um, but yeah, a, a gate with the operator on the driver's side as opposed to the passenger side. <coughs> yeah, we're, I'm just afraid we're gonna wait till somebody gets hurt and then we're gonna go. I mean, the traffic right. counts in the summer for Betty Ford are 100, 150, 140? Yes, yes. Yeah. A, day. a day. A day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's more than, Todd said that's more than some of the residential streets. Yeah. So. Um, we need a motion? I don't think you need a motion. Okay. Direct you to move on. Support for uh, where we're going? Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, next item on the agenda is the financial report. Eric? That can be fairly brief, but certainly happy to go into more detail. Uh, you know, looking at the P&L on the right-hand side is what happened in August. Uh, very far right side, positive numbers are good things, negative numbers are bad things. And as I go down, I see a whole lot of positive numbers. Uh, it was a good month in terms of revenues. Uh, interest income continues to be great. Um, golf, golf course had a, had a good month. Uh, certainly, we were we started off down uh, because of starting so late. I still think we'll be down a little bit compared to budget, uh, but golf course made, well, golf course made up fifty six thousand dollars of that deficit that it had. Um, food and beverage had uh, at least we didn't have a we were positive there. Uh, a lot of that was grill on the gore. Certainly, we do think that uh, the the. The event center, if you will, between food and beverage and room rental is definitely going to be down. We're down in both number of events and, and in large events uh, that are certainly hurting us on that side. Uh, Expense-wise, almost every department was favorable, um, and so that was great to see. Um, so overall, August was a, a really good month. Uh, weather, weather helped for sure, um, but everything, as we know, was very busy uh, as well. So. Happy to answer questions you guys have. We are in full-blown uh, budget budget uh, <laughs> meetings. Did our first budget meeting today and have a very packed schedule for the next roughly week of meeting with all the department heads. So much more to come, much more uh, fine-tuning, if you will, of the forecast and also um, preliminary budget. So we do plan to review those uh, in the October board meeting uh, with all of you on a preliminary basis at least. Just so you know, uh, going with Eric's report, I've asked all the, especially uh, directors of programming departments that do adult programming, that fees need to go up considerably for non-residents. 
to Rick's point, pickleball, mm -hmm. tennis, all these things are full because, in my opinion, and Eric's too, that there's not enough disparity between residents and non-resident fees. If we're going to get residents into the programs that they pay for, there needs to be a bigger difference because right now it's just so cheap that the, the guest, the visitor, just throws the money down without second thought. The other thing is you're going through this, um, preparing the budget and capital. Um, I, I want to have the final cost of all of our greens and bunker work, that we, the money we put into it. I know I asked for that last year on October 26th, and I got it from you, Eric, but it was a total spent through September was 634,000 total VRD bunkers forecast. Can we have that final number, which I think we, we have for that process? The other thing in capital, I see we're gonna replace the golf cart fleet. Um, I would suspect that uh, they would like to go with lithium ion batteries. Um, Maintenance-wise, that's, that's much more enjoyable. Um, having said that, with supply chain issues, I would not get rid of our carts until next year when we get delivery. Absolutely. I, I have way too many golf courses who are still waiting on carts after one and two year delays in getting yeah. their carts. Do not, so our carts are still operational, and if they need a little tune-up, let me know. I'll be there. <laughs> but uh, do not get rid of our current fleet until we've got vehicles rolling in the front door. Need a little too heavy. <laughs> <And they're laughs> what time in the morning do you want to meet? <laughs> I'm sorry. While we were there, I thought I'd digress. We put in the past four years $1,429,759 into greens and bunkers. So $1.429 million was our portion in total that we've done over the past four years. 1.492? Uh, 1.429. 2.9, okay. That's not bad because we had forecasted 1.446. Good job. <laughs> I love it when you come in under budget, Eric. Well done. As long as we keep O'Connell yeah. under control, we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's uh, an important number to have out there as we look at raising some fees that we, the VRD, spent darn near a million five hundred thousand, and the town's contribution has to be significant, also. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. How nice to have a partner that pays oh. for part of your assets. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Yes, we don't own anything, but we contribute, <laughs> and we run it real well. Eric, do you wait till Q4 when you start looking at next year's uh, budget targets? I've, honestly, we look at them kind of every single meeting. That's, you know, okay. the, the, the staff, every single financial statement you see, we make changes to that forecast column. So we are constantly doing that. And really that forecast column drives, okay, that's our starting point for the next year's budget. And okay. so we somewhat do that every, every single month as we go through it. Eric's been great too, also Kirk, about giving us um, what you've been giving us the last five years. Mm -hmm. oh, so we go over the last five historical. years, so here's what your revenues were, here's what your expenses yeah. were. So it makes it easier for staff to 
to have some data to make decisions on. And we still think we're on track for $8.3 million or more at the end of 2023? Yes, but I'll know a whole lot better after I meet with all these department heads of that's great. I have I have a plan of what the budget might be and what you th what I think your capital projects may be. It's always a surprise when they um, start to come in and things are things are not always the way I think it is. So I will say that we have swings up and down, but as of today, well, we just saved a lot of money. So now now in theory we're going to be in a better spot mm -hmm. uh, after taking out two of the units. As an example, we met with the department today, and she showed us. I shouldn't say she. I should just say they showed us. Okay, we'll whittle down the department. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, she showed us her revenues, and I was like, there's no way you're going to make that. There's there's no way. And she had gone through and, and updated her financial forecast, and after she showed me that, I was like, okay, I can see how that will work. So, yeah, um, pretty confident in this. Okay. Anything else for Eric? And the other thing that plays into it is like, we're looking at his new snow cap for $311,000 or something like that. Yep. And I'm all for it. It's seven years old. I've seen the grousers. I've worked on that machine. The, the tiller's darn near shot. Uh, maybe we can get some money for it, but it might be $400,000 when we very well be. put that uh, order in. If it's anything like a fire truck, watch out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anything else for Eric? Let's move along to the executive director's report. Uh, again, I say this for the viewing audience that um, rather than having Mike read this week, five, six pages of the director's report, we uh, ask that he hit some highlights, but it is available online for those of you who would like to go to our website. You can pull it up live. Uh, Mike, what do you got? Well, the first thing I wanted to give you was adopts an update, but I've already done that. I also wanted to say thank you. Uh, you know, lots of staff, the whole staff should be thanked and congratulated for the, the BB&B golf tournament. But it, I really wanted to call out uh, Nell and Alice and Ali Wadey, who's not with our group, but with uh, the chamber and, and uh, Beth Pappas. And those four ladies do an incredible amount of work. Um, I wanted to thank Molly for helping us the day of. But you see all, you got to see all the work that goes into that. And it's a lot of work. You know, the sports department's out there setting up the whole golf course. Uh, Trey and, and Alice and uh, Andrew did a great job with their staff getting everything going. Nell and just the girls that come up with you know a fun idea like las vegas the las vegas theme and it just makes it fun and it speaks volumes i think when we sell it out every year and we have people on waiting lists we had two teams drop out the night before and we filled it right back up no problem um so that's fun um so we got to have the slaughter family here as well um Mr. O'Connell dressed up as one of the village people. That was quite a sight. Um, Do we have photos? <laughs> 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 Website photos tomorrow? <laughs> 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 
So, uh, and everybody had a lot of fun. The F&B staff makes such good food. It was so good. We had lots of silent auction items. Um, I'm, I'm hoping we're going to make quite a bit of money, and, and it's good. When you see what the kids in our program do with the college scholarships and what we, what we can do to help kids get in programs they otherwise couldn't afford, it makes it all worth it, you know. Um, so, but the staff works very hard, and I appreciate it. I appreciate people like Eric Weaver who um, sponsors us. Um, you know, Collins Group sponsors us. Lots of sponsors out there. So, but um, I want to call those two because I work with them all the time. But um, you know, everything from the player gifts to the food. Scott works really hard to get uh, Shamrock to work with us and different entities so that we have we have good food. We have a lot of fun. We have uh, fun games. The Avalanche gave us quite a bit of stuff this year. We had an autographed jersey, autographed pictures. So um, it's all a lot of fun. And I just wanted to thank those four ladies for a lot of hard work. Uh, Beth couldn't be here tonight, or my plan was to have them all come before you. I think I'll do that next meeting um, and recognize them. So that, we, But I wanted to have everybody here. Beth couldn't be here tonight. Um, my next thing is um, I just want to thank Jacob and his staff for all their hard work. That golf course is so nice. I mean, it's really nice to play. Jason plays it a lot. He's always, he's, Jason's very good about telling Jacob how he feels and, yeah, and the hard work I, that he does. I hear stuff all the time, even from guests and I haven't heard one bad thing this year. You know, early season, yes, when we did have the temporary greens, but overall guests and locals and some of my friends, they're high maintenance and they're not complaining. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's a good thing. You know, if you he's start... He's done a wonderful job, and I, I consistently tell him and everyone out there from the mechanic who sharpens the blades up to the guy raking the bunkers, it, they're all doing a fantastic job. And it's not like they have a staff like they do at Cordier. It's probably about a third or, or less. And what he does with the amount of people, it's a very, the golf course is in excellent shape this season. Yeah, I think sometimes we forget how lucky we are. I mean, um, as an example, go to, go to Fossil Trace. There's not going to be somebody that comes to your car and meets and takes your bags and puts them on the cart for you that wipes your clubs down at the end of the round. There's not going to be a concierge out there to direct you to the first tee, tell you how to get through the course, show you where the restrooms are, where the food is, all that stuff. It just doesn't happen. We're a public golf course, and we do all those things. And I think that, and what we've done with the course, with the bunkers, the greens, we basically have a new course, and um, it's been a lot of hard work, but I think it pays off. I hope the people at the town are, are proud of what's been accomplished because their asset has been greatly improved through a lot of hard work. So that's really all I want to get into. I, we, I could go on and on, but you guys hear my speeches enough. Perfect. Thanks, Mike. Uh, board member input. Um, Molly has volunteered to start this evening. Molly, you have anything? Well, I promise not to cry this week. 
<laughs> yeah, you made us all cry. Oh, <laughs> we were all grabbing tissues. Uh, uh, well, the girls are in gymnastics and loving it. It's very cool. Um, I have gotten feedback from a couple parents that it's hard to find the activities or you know sports for the five and under kids. And I, I don't know if it's something we could add a filter for. Um, I was able to find like the gymnastics stuff by going to into Amelia and then searching like for mini. But um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I love that we have a little hidden gem of activities. But um, you know, just since two people, two three people did mention they had trouble with the site, I, I just wanted to pass it on. Other Thank than you. that, awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, John. Um, I had a quick question uh, looking at capital projects before we moved on. Um, there was a notation was looking at the whole number 13 bathroom renovation it, it, that's in the planning phase and then it said the tennis administration building renovations being considered possibly combining those projects would that also maybe look at combining if you're trying to get a contractor to take on a bigger project the building over on what is it that right by the soccer fields on is it six. Six. six six yeah is that was that something that maybe i mean if it's not the tennis admin building can you do hole number 13 in conjunction with renovating that building or are they coming down the pipe at different times they're coming down at different times we've been talking about those six bathrooms forever yeah it, it's kind of embarrassing actually but um <laughs> the town wants to hold off on those okay again but we will look at 13 and we will look at the tennis center now we're probably not going to do a full blown re remodel on the tennis center uh, because of what's happening with the Ford Park master plan but we do plan on going in and uh, sprucing up the especially the laboratories I think Scott has a plan for the front desk some window work the buildings old um, the molding and stuff on the windows is kind of coming apart so he's looking at at doing some other things he's fixed the clock if you noticed uh, they went through today and, and looked at all the electrical in the building um, so we're he's narrowing down on what he's he's trying to improve the building but I don't think we're gonna go full whole hog I, I want to wait Todd asked us to wait because there's a you know part of the Ford Park master plan is that um, maybe it becomes a, a a bigger building that houses almost like a visitor center because that's we all day long that's what we do is answer questions about the Alpine Gardens and about Bravo events and where is this and where is that and so um, be nice if we didn't didn't have to do that and got an improved building at the same time okay. um, as for any further comment I don't have much um, we talked about how much of success success BB&B was because of the efforts of Nell and, and April and other people um, I'd like to note that after everything was over and people had left um, everybody all staff was in there including Nell um, I saw Molly in there and I think I might have seen April uh, they were there breaking everything down and putting everything away and working hard to do that so it wasn't just the build-up it's all the stuff that's after it's done and I'll note somewhat embarrassingly that I just sat there and talked to people while they were all doing that. So uh, I should potentially be chastised for my inaction while they should all be very much congratulated and appreciated. You did a really good job of staying out of the way. So I did congratulations on that. And I finished my beer before I left the premises. 
Thank you, John. Jason? Well, I thank the, uh, the maintenance department and the golf course. They've done an exceptional job this season. Alice, too, with her hires. And like you said, I've been to Fossil Trace. It didn't even compare to what Vale is. I've been to courses in Florida. The service is not like it is, but tonight I'd like to commend the, the sports department for another successful season with our running races, our mountain biking. The kayak has grown. That's only a few years old, but it keeps growing every year. And I've just heard uh, very positive things from the community, especially about the mountain biking races and what an exceptional job they've done there. So I just want to thank them. Thank you. I'll pass that on. Let Jason know. Um, or Jacob, I mean. That was Jason talking. My uh, thoughts are, uh, you know, Vail is, is a high expectation place. Residents and guests and uh, Mike, you and your team are a high performance team and you, your team always steps up and exceeds expectations. So congratulations on a great summer. Thank uh, you. Thanks to everybody. Uh, one other thing is I've had a request regarding the athletic field um, over by the golf course. It, to my knowledge, it does not have a name. So people just refer to it as, you know, the athletic field over there. Um, so the request was that we name the athletic field and a suggestion was uh, for you know Kruger Field uh, or Slifer Field or something that people would identify with. And, and so maybe a discussion for a future time. Why don't we bring that up in Rex up committee? Okay, all right. Yeah, that's a good idea. How about Bob? <laughs> oh, I'm next. <laughs> Were you finished? Y yes, I was. I'm sorry. I think it's all been said. Uh, appreciate everybody's input and help and. Uh, I'm looking for a motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. Second. Approved. Aye. Aye. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody.